the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to all the Severe MMA podcast listeners. This is episode 98 of the podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan from Severe MMA, Shardog, and I'm here with you every week. Of course, my good friend, Guillotine Graham McDonald. As always, we're going to be bringing you the best uh, MMA news reaction analysis all that good stuff uh this week we're going to be talking about a range of different things i, I always call it say what we're going to do at the start for the last few weeks anyway and we always <laughs> i always say something and then we don't get to it so if we don't get to it don't worry <laughs> right these are things we're going to talk about we're going to be talking about um uc sacramento we're going to be looking back at that card we're going to talk about the bamator card that uh, graham was at i'm sure he's plenty to talk about that we're going to be talking about conor mcgregor getting the Sports person of the year from RTE. We're also going to look at Joseph Duffy and the news that broke this week about him. We're going to look at the women's 145 pound division, the fact that Cyborg didn't get the first shot. And we're going to talk about other stuff too. We're going to answer your questions at the very end. So um, stick around for that. Before we do that, a little bit of an announcement. Obviously, it's Christmas coming up. Um, we We... This is a show, we're the 19th, we're recording this on a Monday. So next week will be uh, St. Stephen's Day. So we, we 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 will have a show next week, but we won't have the normal regular show because we're going to need to come back and talk about that Ronda Rousey, Amanda Nunez card. So you're probably going to have like a severe podcast mini next week. So it'll probably be out uh, middle of the week, I'd say, but we won't have the regular show on, on your Tuesday morning. So, um, but we should be back the week after that. We might be Tuesday morning that week after, we might be like Windsor or something as well because of New Year. But stick, follow me on Twitter at SeanCNBA. Follow Graham at Severe May we let you know. Before we get into it, let's thank our sponsors, uh, rosnutrition.com. You can get 25% off your first order over at rosnutrition.com with the promo code Severe May. They're Ireland's leading um, supplement provider. They have all the best proteins and amino acids, sports performance, essential oils, vitamins, and an- antioxidants, all that good stuff. Um, they actually have a new, a new cup which you can get now, which I retweeted there the other day. Fantastic. They have all they have new stuff coming up for Christmas. They have different offers and stuff. There's an, I think there's enough time if you order in the next couple of days to get the stuff d- d- delivered before Christmas. You want to be quick now, but uh, they do they do have very, very quick delivery. One or two days, they should be there to you. So head on over to rosnutrition.com. Pick up, you know, pick up a box of protein for your brother for Christmas handy present i know i know especially lads who are listening to this have no shopping done it's a handy way of doing it pick it up rosnutrition.com and get 25 percent off while you're at it with the promo code severe mma uh graham how things last week i asked you you know christmas presents bought yet have you got now i got i got something from my mum but uh that's as far as i've gotten so far <laughs> terrible like you're the way i look at it look at we we look at it in our family is uh if you if you wanted it if you would have bought it for yourself already so <laughs> bit of a waste of money but i always you're get some shower of, uh, you're, you're a a miserable you're sorry shower miserable bastards are you so is that what you're saying yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah but yeah yes you have to get something for the mother all right she must yeah. be saying to put up with you like so exactly, well, exactly. yeah here, what do you think of um, just just to go harken back to our little argument there from last week? Man United are a little bit closer to Liverpool now, aren't they? Mm. 
Yeah, only for a few more errors, I think, though. Uh, it should be... Uh, should yeah, but hopefully, time... anyway. Well, you know, nothing's guaranteed in football, though. Nothing's guaranteed in true. football. You know how the refs are, you know, they love Man United. <laughs> By the time this comes out and people know the score, the Everton, uh, Everton Liverpool match, do you want to give a do you want to give a prediction sort of when people come out? We we look good or bad. Uh, I think both teams will score and Liverpool will win. But... What's that like? Two on Salter? It could even be more high scoring than that. I think Manila is going to be in goal. It doesn't really matter mm. if Carius is in goal. I suppose they're, they're both uh, equally as bad at the moment. Yeah. Well, well, that, that might be a bit harsh on Carius, but <laughs> Gary Neville knows Gary Neville. Uh, I, I reckon Liverpool will win. Uh, 3-0, 3-1 maybe, 3-0. But yeah, yeah, Man United are coming anyway. Arsenal are playing Arsenal-Liverpool next week, is it or something? Man United are only four points off Arsenal, so we're back in it. We're back. We're going yeah. to win it all. Arsenal doing the Arsenal thing. The yeah, deal. like uh, it's almost guaranteed that Alexis Sanchez get injured and they'll just fall away. It, it's almost a guarantee. I think this is the year they, they finish fifth. Maybe They might hold on. You'd never know what Liverpool... Uh, and they probably got the Wenger trophy anyway. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Right, let's get into um, what you want to talk about first. We talk about last weekend's card, get it out of the way before we, we reach yep, into the big topics. Good. Right, um, let, let's look at the undercard first, I suppose. For me, the best card in that undercard was Leslie Smith against Irina Aldana. I thought that was just a fantastic fight. Leslie Smith, I said, uh, people listen to this podcast, and know she's my favorite female fighter. She has been for a while, just, just a bit on her style. And I think this is probably her best ever performance against uh, Aldana. We won't stick too long in it, but Aldana came in with a fair bit of hype. She did well in Invicta. I, I thought she looked good here as well. I think Leslie Smith is, is a good test for her. Where do you, what did you think of the fight? And do you think uh, any of them can go on a bit further, maybe? Yeah, it was a good fight. Uh, there was a lot of volume in it. Uh, Leslie Smith um, looked, looked good. She obviously uh, she obviously had a bit of a hard run there the last, the last couple of fights, but... Um, she, I don't know if I see her going all the way to the top, but but yeah. you know, not everybody can go to the top of it. You need exciting fighters in the division. You need, you need good tests for prospects, and I think I think she serves a good purpose there. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think Aldana actually comes out of it as someone who is a good prospect. You know, this was a tough fight to start her. Uh, to start her, or did she? Maybe she's had one before. Did she? I don't think she did. I think that's this was her first UFC fight, and. You know, Leslie Smith is no joke. Like she's a, she's a good fighter. I know she's a, a few losses on her on her record, but um, she's definitely no joke, and it's a good one. So and she's really tough as well. I remember her ear was hanging off, and she was like, "I oh, don't no, don't worry about it." And the ref was like, "Nah, we're stopping this." Yeah, Aldana's tough as well. Though she got knocked down in that fight, and you know she kept going. I was uh, I was pretty impressed with her. Um, other than that, Colin Miller gave up a loss too in a pretty pretty bad fight, pretty bad performance. Yeah. After we um, we spoke about him last week and stuff. Colin Miller's always been massively overrated in my opinion. I, I, the whole he was going to beat McGregor thing was just laughable. Uh, I think I think a lot of people think he's better than he is because of the 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 hype that was given to him basically just by people who didn't like McGregor or didn't respect McGregor's skills. But um, yeah, he looked even worse than usual, I think, Cole Miller. Maybe he was kind of did a bit of rumblings about him being unhappy in the training camp and anymore. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. He look, kind of looked that way. You know, he we, we said it last week, I think, that when his heart isn't in it, he didn't even said himself, basically, his heart wasn't in it. It's hard to pick him to win these fights, and, yeah. you know, that's kind of what happened. Um, he got beaten everywhere by Hirota, which is he did, yeah. not good luck, really. Yeah. Um, beaten everywhere as well as Brian Barberina by Colby Covington. You know, Colby Covington is one of these guys who just wrestle you everywhere, you know. He's, yeah, relentless wrestling. Yeah, and he's a guy that's going to have to, I'm not sure, let me just look at the rankings. I don't think he is ranked yet. 
but I think he he probably should be. You know, there's guys in there like Matt Brown, Jake Ellenberger. I think he definitely beat the two of those at welterweight. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I've Colby Covington's obviously a terrible person and everything. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he served as a good villain in an Irish show. Maybe gets good announcing or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that's a great fight for Gunnar Nelson um, rankings wise, but yeah, I'd yeah. like to watch that fight yeah. off of a purely skills basis. But yeah, I'd like to see that. Right before we get to the main card, Paul Craig as well, another guy. We're talking about skills. We're talking about jujitsu. I thought he was very impressive off his back. It was a good performance, kind of all around. I think maybe a little bit jittery and nervous at the start, but um, yeah, Luis Enrique da Silva is, you know, he's a, he's not a bad guy to to come up against in your first fight as well. Submit him with an armbar and was pretty slick, kind of small man jujitsu uh, from Paul Craig. And there was, you know, we, we spoke about on the mic as far I remember Andrew slated him for having fought no one before and Paul Craig called him out. Yeah. But um, I, but you can only beat who's in front of you. Yeah, you and beat them all fairness, finish, so. That's true. And like, he was kind of unproven up until that point because of, you know, he has he hadn't fought anyone great. And that's not anything against him. There's just no light heavyweights out there, you know. Basically, UFC basically have all the light heavyweights. You know, it's you see even with Chris Fields there, he was obviously supposed to fight, fight Craig. You know, getting a late replacement or anything, it's just impossible. You know, there just aren't that many out there, and uh, it, it's kind of until they get to the higher levels of maybe Bama or whoever and in, into the UFC that you really see what they're what they're worth. And I think Paul Craig is he's definitely a very, very good prospect in the light heavyweight division and there's a few of them around, but were you impressed with his performance? Yeah, I was impressed with his performance. I actually, I actually had him to win as well, even though he's a big underdog. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think he, I'm not sure if he got tired or if he pulled, or if he just pulled guard, just had a pulling guard, but I don't see that working at the, at the, the higher levels in the division, just, just dropping to your back and, and, and trying to submit the guy off your back, but it worked this time. So it was a good call. You can't really argue with the result. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But um, yeah, it's interesting to see where he goes next. He'll probably be on that London card at the start of next year. Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Right, yeah. let's get into the let's get into the main card. Not much to say about the first fight, Alan Juban against Mike Perry. I think Juban just kind of, I think Perry did well in the first round, and Juban took it from everywhere after that. Showed Perry's limitations, you know. Kind of a brawler goes out, tries to give everything at the start, and maybe got a little bit tired. And, and Joban showed his skill, you know, he very much a stick and move kind of game plan. Very, very impressed with what Joban did. Like Mike Perry, you know, he's another guy, you know, he might not be the most likable guy in the world, but I think he's, his game is a kind of a, it's a dangerous one, you know, and it's an interesting one. And he, he, he'll get better as well if he can keep his head on his shoulders. But I think Joban was just a little bit too smart, a little bit too crafty for him. I think uh, before the fight, I was thinking maybe Joe Ban was a bit angry and a bit kind of he wanted he wanted to shut Perry up, but uh, when he got in there, he was composed and stuck to his game plan and d- didn't fight out of his game. So I think Perry's kind of wound a lot of his opponents up, and he, I think he faked a handshake at the was that Lim when he fought Lim. Yeah. I think he faked a handshake at the weigh-ins and kind of laughed in his face, and uh, I think that can kind of take a lot of people out of their game, especially inexperienced UFC fighters you can you can take them out of their game but it didn't seem to take Joe Bannon out of his game <clears throat> it seemed to take him out of his is is uh he seemed to be talking differently before the fight but when the when the fight started it was all it was all business from Joe Bannon and it was a clear-cut win yeah 100% uh, another clear-cut win as well I suppose was, was Uriah favor against Brad Bickett and I suppose before we get into the fight a lot of people have a lot of different opinions of Uriah Faber some say like he's a definite Hall of Famer some said he's almost great you know, but never reached the top. He'd obviously, mm-hmm. level at the UFC. Where do you stand now? 
Well, MMA wise, he's, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. Yeah, it's just the UFC wise. Some people kind of consider the WBC lighter weights. Maybe not the maybe not the fifty five one because that division was in the UFC at the time. Yeah. But they consider like the 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 bantam and the featherweight champion, the the, the champ, the world champion, like the consensus, the overall yeah. champion. Yeah, the consensus world champion. So you can make the argument that way. I think he was the best, the the best forty five er and thirty five er for a while before the UFC brought the divisions in, and he was the champ. But you know, he did. He didn't officially have the UFC belt, but I say that will that will uh, that was the one goal that that he didn't really achieve in the game. But I don't think everybody. I don't think you have to be a, a UFC champion to be in a, a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So I think I, I definitely have favor. I definitely have him in an MMA Hall of Fame, one hundred percent, and UFC Hall of Fame. I'd expect him to, to get in there at some stage, if, even though it means nothing. Yeah, I I agree with you. <laughs> For me, Uriah Faber, oh, what, what was so good about him was how he kept coming back from all these things. Like, Jose Aldo kicked the legs off him. You know, he came back, fought for the UFC Championship against Dominic Cruz, lost to Dominic Cruz, didn't last to Barrow. Had, it like, a terrible year there. I remember, like, what was it, 2000 and maybe, like, 2012 or something like that, where, where he, like, lost and got loads of injuries and stuff like that. But then he like he bounced back again. I think he won four in a row, got back for the other fight with Bro, lost that again. Then came back again and got another fight with Dominic Cruz. Like he just kept he just kept coming back like he was like a cockroach. You couldn't kill him. But yeah, I, like I think that's that's what Uriah Faber. It's not that's what he'll be remembered for. But that's one thing that yeah. you know if he had just won the you know, championship, like kind of maybe kind of like the WC championship. Sorry, kind of like Mike Brown, and then maybe fell away and had a couple of UFC fights. Maybe he wouldn't be remembered as mm. you know as fondly as he is today. But I think the fact that he did that, kept coming back, kept go, getting those title shots when keep, people kept writing him writing him off. Yeah. Is is and he had that long running start of never losing, never losing a non-title fight. Yeah. Up yeah. until very recently, I think he who did he lose it to? Um, he lost to Frank Yeager and then Jimmy Rivera as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. That's a former champ as well. So yeah, you could you could probably make some cool sounding stat out of that. Mm-hmm. Useless, useless fact today. Yeah, like useless my, fact my today, yeah. <laughs> I had one there during the week. The useless fact that he's fought nine UFC champions. And he won the well. He's fought against UFC champions nine times. We'll say. I think he's fought a couple of them twice. He has Dominic Cruz, obviously, three times. But the first three of those fights he won, and the last six he lost. So I kind of think that's indicative of his career. You know, it started off well, and then it it, it kind of went down near the end. But I think the thing with Frank Edgar as well, his game never really it, it progressed and. It, but it progressed in the way it was more than anything. He didn't change, you know, he just kind of added bits to what he was. And I think when Dwayne Ludwig came in and maybe tried to fundamentally change the way he's, he, his striking went and things like that, and he did it with TJ Dillish, obviously, and maybe Joseph Benavides to a lesser extent, Faber kind of didn't buy into that, you know, and there was other reasons, obviously, as well, why he didn't. But I think that's that's maybe not a reason why he didn't win the UFC Championship, but... Uh, you know the fact that he couldn't change from what he was before into you know into something new. You know, I think in one way it's intelligent because he kept his game. He stuck with Braun to the dance, you know, and, and that's intelligent as well. Yeah, but you don't want to change too much too quickly. Yeah. And yeah. that is true. But the fact that he couldn't, you know, the game that didn't bring him to the top, he couldn't change it. And I think that's that's uh, a big thing as well when when discussing him. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he's. 
a top fighter who's always there, you know, always broad and always enjoyable. You know, some some guys who wrestle a lot, they can't, you know, maybe sometimes they're not as enjoyable and at the lighter weights as well, you know. Faber, 19 submission wins, seven knockout wins in, in 34 wins. Like, that's that's a tremendous record for someone at those lower weights. And I think he'll be... Uh, He'd be remembered as as a guy who's not just a pioneer, but like a top fighter the whole way through, even into the modern era, which a lot of the, maybe yeah. old school guys he can't was, say. He was like the face of WBC for a while. He was like the, the only guy that people knew, who, yeah. the, the non-hardcores knew, knew him just because he was good self-promoter and he was in good fights and he, he was always headlining the WBC. So he was kind of like the, the flag bearer for the show. And I think uh, <clears throat> not, not a lot of people forget and not only fans don't remember that. Um, they just remember Faber kind of losing at the last at the last hurdle, but but um, he's definitely been very important for the lower weights. I think uh, even even uh, Dominic Cruz was, was saying that at the or maybe maybe somebody else said and Dominic Cruz kind of expanded on it, saying that mm-hmm. kind of begrudging respect for <laughs> for everything he's done. Did you see he gave him the poster as well? Yeah, do you know? If, yeah, if people yeah. don't know. Didn't sign over his face. Yeah, or yeah. Back in the day when they fought, I think it was WEC like twenty or something like that. I don't know, whatever name was. Dominic Cruz signed over Uriah Faber's face and all of the posters, and Uriah took great offense to it, and that's where the whole beef started. Yeah. So last Dominic Cruz said he was pissed off that he wasn't on the he wasn't his face wasn't on the poster, so he just signed over Uriah's face. <laughs> yeah, and this weekend Dominic Cruz gave him a poster signed, but not signed over his face over the side, so they kind of squashed the beef and then went went at each other as well after it, which, which was kind of funny yeah, as well. Yeah. But uh, it was funny the way I had John or was it John Anik tried to like a, uh, to say like congrats for Dominic Cruz he's like I'm a grown man I can I can sell my own <laughs> yeah, Carmi, I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah exactly but uh you can you can hint at it last week and that you know MMA retirements they last about as long as yeah. they kind of last <laughs> a lot of times did you hear him on, on the MMA or last week um Ariel asked him, "Is this going to be your last fight for definite?" And he goes, "Yeah, un- unless something big pops up or something like that." Like, uh, he's going to be back, isn't he? You know, so, yeah. I think um, that TJ fight will happen before the probably happen before the the game's up for Uriah. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say that's a nice big money one there for for him. Yeah, could especially now he's coming off of a win as well. Like so, yeah, you'd you'd never know. He's building a new gym and stuff as well. So I said that could be kind of a thing that he needs maybe a break from the game. You could you could see him back in, but. I think he's done everything he needs to do now. I like, you know, I like to see guys go out like that. Um, you know, I think Ke- Kenny Florian was another guy who went out like that as well. You know, before they take too much damage or before they go into like a, a complete lesser fighter. And yeah. Uriah Faber, he said he hasn't been slowing down, but he has been slowing down. You know, from that was Francisco Rivera fight. You know, till now you can see it. Actually, at the weekend, and I suppose we'll get into that just before we move on to the other fights. He actually did look a lot better than he has looked recently. I thought he came out flying quick. Maybe Brad Pickett was, you know, was a, a kind of a good opponent for him to do that with. Um, not, you know, not kind of a dangerous guy anywhere, really. And uh, I thought Pickett, I thought uh, Faber did very well, dominated the whole fight. Do you think uh, he could have been stopped there? And was it the first round when he hurt him with strikes? Yeah, the and... first round I thought was a 10-8. Uh, yeah. I, think, I don't even, I think Pickett might have landed one or two, one or two strikes in the whole round. And Faber did everything but finish him. But, uh, Pickett did well to survive. Like you know, Pickett's been been dropped hard many times in his career, and he just seems to to spring back up somehow. <laughs> he, he he falls hard, but he but he gets up. He, he's like Brad Pickett was as tough as nails. You know, he'll keep coming until you until you stop him, take away his consciousness, or if he can still balance, he's gonna get back up. So uh, I think Faber knew that and didn't wanna didn't wanna gas himself out too much trying to get the finish and end up end up losing. Yeah, 100%. due to being gassed. So I think it was the 
I think uh, he he was kind of better than Pickett everywhere in, in the Saw matchup. So he, he he was the safe and, and probably the right option to just to to do it the way he did and not overcommit to the finish. But he went for the finish. Like he didn't not commit to the finish, but he didn't he didn't go all out flurry and he could have got the crowd behind him and maybe put a bit of pressure on the ref to to call it off, but. Either way, I think he had it in the bag, so there was no need. Yeah, totally agree. Right, uh, let's get on to the, the last two fights on the card. Uh, Mickey Gall against Sage Narcos. I suppose this one, it, it was hard to, to know going into this fight who could win it because there wasn't really much on both of them. We kind of know Mickey Gall was good underground. We knew Sage Narcos was a good, relatively good striker, a very athletic guy, and it kind of played out that way. I think um, Mickey Gall's takedowns were just very, very impressive for me. You know, he's... <laughs> But the way he, he was, he caught uh, the, the kicks of Sage, put him against the fence, got double legs, got his hands together. At one stage, he got his hands together and, and Sage was defending well up against the fence. And then Gall, he hooked behind his knee and he pulled his leg away from him and took him down. I thought it was just fantastic the way he did it. Um, the, obviously dominated the first round and, and won it in the second round. Uh, Sage was told to come out and not try any kicks, which was very intelligent. And he was actually winning the fight. He was, he was tuning Gall up on the feet. Um, and winning the fight, he, yeah. he burst him open, open. but then Gal landed a, a, a watching the back, it was kind of a lucky punch. It was it was a well thrown punch and not stuff on the break, but it kind of caught Sage cold and knocked him down. And obviously, he took his back from there and choked him out. But I thought it was, I thought it was a good fight, you know. I think two very, very good prospects. I think Sage, first of all, I think Mickey Gal has a lot of work to do when he's striking, he, you know, he needs to work on that. He's you know, he's jabbing his defense. For me, if he's he's talking about being a champion, if he's to get to that level, I think they need to improve an awful lot. But his ground game is just just fantastic. You can see it. But I think Sage Arcot, he's a guy as well. When he gets to the ground, you can see he's still in panic mode. You know, you can see it. He's he's not comfortable there yet. He's just his his body. You can see he's tensing up, and he's not comfortable. You know, so you see some guys. Okay, they may maybe not great in the ground, but they're good at defense. Or you know, they'll they'll go down. They'll take the position. They'll get their guard. They'll work. They'll you know they'll wait for their chance to to get up, or just wait to you know get the round out or just stop the you know stop the the submission or whatever but sage is she's constantly trying to get away he's kind of trying to shake him off not looking for maybe his technique and and uh you know smart ways of getting out he's you know he, he's very uncomfortable i think even when the choke came on you, you know i'm not saying he tapped earlier or anything but he, he was kind of over his chin and then the start over his uh yeah over his chin and then when it un- went under the chin it was kind of he went straight away and i think sage kind of knew he was outmatched there and you know it didn't go well for him going forward that's the thing he's going to need to work on big style i enjoyed i enjoyed the fight i enjoyed the fight it was it was good i liked um i liked to see sage kind of not being all super polite and kind of yeah. bit, of, bit of talk in, in the cage with mickey gal and mickey gal is kind of happy to happy to talk back um yeah, uh, it kind of. Yeah, it is hard to know its age. Like, it, there's a lot of talk about his, uh, his like father, his influence on his career, and yeah. like why why he's not in TriStar. People say it's because of his father. It's uh, it seems to be holding him back. But I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him just just go off to TriStar or wherever for for a year, just without his dad. And just live in the dorms there with with with, with the lads of TriStar or whatever Jimmy wants it. If he, maybe he doesn't like TriStar, you know, whatever Jim. I, I think I think uh, it seems like he's kind of plateaued at, at a certain level here. 
and he's, he's very young so that shouldn't have that shouldn't have happened so i think maybe i think maybe moving to to a to a, one of the the super gyms and he needs to work on his ground game especially like it, he just looks so uncomfortable down there he just looks rigid on the ground he it's just it's just a huge weakness in his game and if, if he's fighting like barbarina barbarina fought in the card he he beat him like um, it, it's a tough spot for for sage because obviously it's his father and he's <laughs> like it's a difficult situation to tell your dad here uh i need you to leave me alone mma wise while i while i figure this out like with with proper coaches yeah yeah, I, I I'd agree. The thing for him as well, he's in I think he's in college in Texas as well. You know, he's doing what like in astrophysics or some some shit like that. You know, and it's yeah, it's tough for him to leave. That. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's tough for him to leave that. You can feel for him, but I I totally agree. You know, see the see the Diaz brothers with him the night before. Maybe that's where he should go. You know, give him give him a little bit. He looked of... awkward as fuck, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, don't hurt me, lads. Give him six. Oh no, it's the Diaz brothers. <laughs> give him six months with them boys, and he'll be changed. I'll tell you. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'd be totally different. <laughs> he'd smoke weed and shit. Yeah, <laughs> he's hair will be down. Dana won't be spiked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he he definitely does because there is you know his striking looks so good. And he was you know he was throwing those hands. I thought he was he was very impressive. Now we didn't see too much of it, but you can tell there's just a he's a raw athlete. You know, there's there's definitely something there with him, and it'd be a shame to see him something like that you know kind of fall away and not fulfill their potential but um yeah hopefully he's he putting in the time in the wrong place like his body is like chiseled like he's a bodybuilder like that obviously takes a lot of work to maintain he yeah. should be putting them errors in on in the gi or in or, or with, the, with the rash guard on, on the jitsu like it's yeah he needs somebody to guide him he needs somebody to guide him better than he's being guided at the moment but he's still very young so there, there's loads of time to fix all this stuff it's just uh it's just um it's just unfortunate that it's kind of an awkward situation with his dad and you can see how it is a tough and he is a kind of he seems to be a bit of a a bit of a daddy's boy so it's Mm -hmm. it's, yeah it's tough to know it's tough to know what he'll do but uh, i don't know it's multiple reports from from different gyms and different people that that his dad is, is a problem yeah um the fact that uh, Firas yeah. Sahabi was cornering against him as well, you know, after him being there, you can tell that you know the relationship there obviously isn't you know the strongest or whatever. You, I doubt he'd do that if it was someone he, you know, he liked or wanted back or whatever. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what do you think of Gal calling out uh, Dan Hardy just quickly before we? Um, it's very very strange. Uh, he said he's going into one fifty five and that he wants to fight Dan Hardy. It's very strange. Uh, Dan Hardy hasn't fought in. Five six years. Uh, yeah, four years. He's been talking about coming back the whole time, but I don't. What was it? Was it a, was it a regular heartbeat with Dan Hardy? Yeah. I think was it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a tough one to get a, uh, especially when everybody knows about it. Because then if something goes wrong in the future, then whatever commission mm-hmm. license them is probably be liable. It's it's a tough one. It's uh, apparently that's what what's happening with Rashad yeah. is it was a pre-existing thing that he got approved with, and then once New York said no, then. Toronto followed their the New York's decision, and it gets tougher once you once it's out there. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? even if it's only a minor thing? It just becomes a liability problem. I think. 
Yeah. Like if if Hardy is coming back, I think it's a great call out because he, you know Hardy, we've all we have, we've always known you know he's wrestling, he's he's weak point, and that's where Gal is good. And uh, if he can get him, you know, it'd be a huge name to take out. But it's unlikely he's coming back. You know, I think don't even think Dan Hardy's kind of saying much anymore. So you know, if he is coming back, great call out. If he's not, just a terrible one altogether. You know, just pointless. But um, we'll see how that works out anyway. Right, the main event. It was a pretty short one, three minutes, 21 seconds. It ended um, Paige Van Zandt beaten by Michelle Watterson, who just landed the most beautiful head and arm, a lateral drop. There were people calling it a throw, but it wasn't a throw. It was a lateral drop that that she landed, you know, and uh, took her back, got the choke. Um, <clears throat> Michelle or uh, Paige Van Zandt, if you talk about Sage Narcos, you know, kind of tapping quickly or maybe, you know, finding it hard to defend the choke. I thought Paige defended very well and, you know, she didn't tap. She went out and she, you know, there's no, there's just no given page, page, page Narcot, I nearly call her, page Van Zandt uh, at all. <laughs> For me, though, I think this was the worst uh, performance I've ever seen from Paige. And my reasoning for that is... <laughs> when you're fighting someone like Michelle Watterson, who's an expert striker, great kicker, you know, has power for, for that weight, you know, you don't go out and strike with her, you know, you don't, you don't go out and, you know, run circles with her, fight her at that lint. You get in, you get close, you, you like, say, uh, pages maybe, you know, a couple of inches bigger than her, lot stronger. You need to use that, you know, you need to get inside and that's, that's the type of game that she used to play. You know, you need to play that game if you're playing with, you know, if you're fighting with someone like Michelle Watterson. And, it, like, she just played right into Michelle Watterson's hands, I think, from the from the very start. I thought it was a, just a terrible performance. Now, the last time she came out against Beck Rollins, and she did a similar thing, and I think it was a good performance because Beck Rollins wasn't expecting it, and she kind of plays maybe an inside boxing game as well and would have been, like, you know, kind of thrown maybe knees up through the middle when, when Paige was coming for takedowns or throwing uppercuts and stuff like that. That's where, where she's good, um, Beck Rollins is. But against Michelle Watterson, that's not kind of her game. You need to close it. You know, she kind of fights like Wonderboy, if you're not familiar with her, maybe on le- a less of a level now, but with her kicks and stuff like that. You need to get inside, do, do what Paige does, push her against the fence, take her down. And she didn't even try that for the whole length of the, the fight, uh, for the whole length the fight landed, lasted, sorry. Uh, so I, not, I was very, very uh, unimpressed with uh, Paige's performance. Yeah, yeah. She, made some, she made some mistakes early and Michelle Watterson just get, capitalized straight away, took her down, took her back. She just, yeah, it was a, it was a brilliant performance by Michelle Watterson as well. Like it wasn't, like you, you, you can make a lot of mistakes in, in an MMA. Well, not not a lot, but you can make a you can make a few early mistakes, and you you, you usually get away with it. But uh, but, but not this time at all. Um, she just she, yeah, she looked she looked great in there, Michelle Watson. She looked um, she she didn't let the moment get to her of her of her first big main event. It didn't seem she seemed relaxed and and she just she just ran through through Page like <clears throat> I know the UFC kind of pushed Page harder than. Or bigger up more than a lot of people would agree with, but uh, she 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 made her look. Or uh, Michelle Waterson made or Waterman to uh, Goldberg <laughs> uh, made her look um, made her look worse, a lot worse than than she is. Not that like she made her look kind of not good. Yeah, like I think Waterson is a very very talented fighter, obviously in her way, you know, and I think Van Zandt is a talented fighter as well. But I, don't, I like this was a good matchup for Van Zandt if she had just fought the way she normally fights, but she just, you know, she just didn't. Um, mm. 
Mich uh, like I thought her Michelle last Wong fight uh, yeah. until uh, until she won, she was losing. I thought it was it yeah. was going it was going badly. Um, maybe maybe because she won so spectacular, she kind of thought, oh, that went great, and didn't kind of yeah. look at the tape and be like, oh, this is what was going wrong. I need to I need to fix that. Or maybe she did, and it was just you know a bad day at the office and a good day at the office for Michelle Waters. You know, these guys, if you have a bad day at the office, there's, there's no hiding place. Like in, even in like soccer or rugby or American football, like you can you can kind of you can kind of hide on the pitch nearly. If you're having a bad day, you can kind of like not show for the ball or whatever. But in MMA, there's no hiding from from a bad performance. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, your point is all about you know it gone so well for her the last time. Well, relatively well anyway, and her getting the knockout. Sometimes people just kind of fall in love with with striking wrestlers and stuff and grapplers. Now, she, I wouldn't call her a wrestler or a grappler, but that's the way she's been fighting before that. You know, sometimes they kind of like oh, they kind of uh, they they mark out for their own gimmick, kind of you know and. I don't know. I think that maybe it was a little bit of it, but I think it was bad game plan. And whoever, maybe she just, maybe that wasn't the game plan. Maybe the game plan was to go in and uh, to go in and pressure her, but she couldn't uh, deal with uh, Watterson's range. But I don't know. Yeah, just on Watterson as well. Before we move on, I do I do think it was a very good performance from her because she did use that range very well. She used her kicks well. She got that beautiful takedown, lovely choke. You know pitch perfect from her you know she did exactly what was in front of her and, and did it well like i think she's i think it's a good fight with joanna and there, there isn't many good fights with joanna in that division now i pick joanna to win but i think she's such a good striker that her striking joanna and the way she actually strikes as well is an interesting matchup now her size and stuff is going to be obviously tough as well and the way joanna can close distance is going to be tougher but i, I like that fight in the in the future maybe I think she might only be one more win away from actually getting the shot. You know, there the reason there really isn't anyone outstanding there at the moment who could be next for you. I think uh, people have been kind of talking about Jessica and Drage. Yeah. Yeah, there's not many options there. Like, uh, it'd be one of them two, I'd say. Like, yeah. uh, and because of the main event, the kind of show or the kind of top of the show and all that kind of more attention, it'd probably be more likely to be Watterson now. Especially because you know they were they were talking about Paige being uh, I can't remember the exact quote, but one of the most popular fighters in the sport or something. Yeah. Beforehand, they were kind of lying about that, but uh, but um, some people will believe that you know that like oh she, they'll, they'll remember Michelle Waterson because because of the big spot she was in and Jessica Andrade. You no, know, she might, I think she's fighting next week. She might um or two weeks time. She might uh. She might make a statement that changes people's people's mind, and it's up to her to do that now. I think the the ball is in Watterson's, uh, or the the title's in Watterson's court at the moment, or title shot is in Watterson's court, uh, court at the moment. But Jessica Drad obviously has a chance to to change that. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, let's move on to the Bamatar card that happened in Dublin this week, end last Friday, I believe. You were there, Graham. First of all, I let you take the the role in this one. How was the event? Uh, how was the crowd? All all things like that. Yeah, the crowd was very good. Um, the Bama, the Bama part, portion of the card was was a lot better than the the Bellator portion of the card. Um, it was good to see people like Ian Cleary, who uh, <clears throat> one of Owen Roddy's guys in SPG Charlestown, who uh, was w- one of the first interviews Severe MMA ever did. M- myself and uh, my mate Johnny Mooney went up to to Primal MMA as it was then SPG Charlestown now, and um, we did an awful interview with uh, Ian Cleary where. Uh, <laughs> The, the camera was out of focus and my mate Mooney had his uh, thumb over the microphone so you could barely hear it. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
so, so uh, <laughs> it was uh, Cleary. Cleary's been around for a long time. He uh, he's fought an amateur lo uh, local scene for ages. He, he used to be the kind of guy who'd come in and try to knock your head off and kind of he'd just give everything in the first first couple of minutes. If it didn't work out, he was probably going to get armbarred or triangled or something like that. But he seemed a lot more composed now. Obviously, own own Roddy waited for him to turn professional till he thought he was ready, and he he seemed to pace himself and played smart and he won he won the decision easily it was good to see it was good to see that it's always good to see the the amateurs uh improve and then uh, blaine o'driscoll neil ward is obviously uh um two two guys who also we've seen on the amateur scene for years and uh it was a it was a close decision uh but but blaine blaine picked up the unanimous decision blaine's very very difficult uh very difficult style to deal with a lot of pressure kind of nearly john fitch fitch-esque like he he just he puts it on you, relentless takedowns, head kicks, uh, punches, just everything, just mixes it up so well. And then uh, Kiefer Cosby, uh, like two and zero oh now as a pro, he he's another guy who's had a few losses at um at amateur, but he but he's improved. He's closed. He seems to have closed them them holes in his game. He used to struggle on the, on the ground a bit, but now he, he got he, he worked a bit of ground. He he was winning the stand up, but he. Uh, he worked at like take down a bit of top control, and he ended up getting taken down himself. But got got the guy in a triangle and dropped a couple of elbows, and your and your man went limp. And uh, I think they called it a technical submission, but I think it was more the the, the elbows. The, the triangle was kind of more holding him in place. But uh, yeah, very very impressive performance from Kiefer. Um, yeah, Richard Kiley and Keith McCabe, <clears throat> Keith McCabe and Keith Rhino and uh, Kiley of SBG. They were meant to fight. They were meant to have a kickboxing bout there, but. Six months to a year ago when it fell apart, but uh, it seemed like they had it this time. It said Keep a Cabe should have been should have been making him worry about the takedown. I think uh, even if he wasn't going to get it early, you need to make him worry about it. And trying to strike with a, a high level striker like that it was was bad news. And he ate a huge knee to the body, and that that was all he wrote. And Kylie uh, didn't didn't follow up on any big shots because he he said he knew uh, he knew the feeling when the knee sunk in that that he wasn't coming back from it. Uh, oh, Reese McKee, obviously. If people don't know, Reese McKee's Reese McKee's dad passed away there a couple of months ago, and um, a few people were questioning whether he should have taken this this fight or not. He was fighting an undefeated guy, Joy Herbert, as well for the the, the Lonsdale uh, featherweight belt. And uh, actually, at the start of the, the very Reese uh, knocked him out in the first round, but at the very start of the fight, Reese kind of didn't see him himself. He yeah. he was backing up, and his shots were were missing, and he kind of got him, he kind of put himself against the cage a couple of times more than Joy put him against the cage. And uh, Joy threw a couple of head kicks that just missed, and it it, it kind of seemed like it, um, Reese wasn't himself. But then I think, uh, I think he said he got a call from Rodney in his in his corner to to. To go on the front foot, and when he did, he backed Joy up against the the cage, hit him with I think it was four punch combination with the left big left was what finished him off. And he has to be the he's he every the top prospect in Ireland now on the the island. I uh, I think you know he's every time every time you see him, he gets better. You know he's he's last fight as well. You know the stoppage maybe was a little bit uh, premature, but that's not against him. He was just fantastic in that fight as well. I thought very good. This one, as you said, maybe started a little bit slow, but. That power and that, you know, in both hands, but it was the left hand, I think, that that was the big power. You know, I, it said it's a lightweight title here, but it was a featherweight, was it? Severe mates is lightweight, anyway. Shrimp pricks show up with Dano. But, um, Probably is lightweight then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for, you know, for the, you know, to, to have one punch knockout power like that, 
you know, that's a thing, you know, that's a thing you can't learn. Well, I suppose you can learn it, but <laughs> you know, yeah, sorry, it is, sorry, it is, it is 155. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I thought I was very impressed with that. And you know, I think his game is good everywhere, you know, good takedown defense, good wrestling, good, you know, good power striking, good technical striking. I just can't say enough good things about recent key. I think he's just a fantastic fighter. Yeah, I so, got Joy Herbert uh, like, yeah. for losing in the first round as well. He looked, he showed some, he, did, he, he looked, looked good, good. Yeah. he had good pressure. He was, he was, um, he was aggressive and he was mixing it up well, but he, he just took a big shot. And, and like these things happen in MMA, you know, it's a, it's a harsh game. You can be winning, and all it, all it takes is, uh, is a big shot and, and it's, it's all over. So I'm sure he, he, he looks like he has a bright future ahead of him, uh, still. Know, four and one is, uh, still a very good record, and he, he didn't, uh, he, he didn't um, do anything in the fight that would make you think that uh, he he won't go on to to do good things. Yeah, hundred percent. And the main event to the Bama card in the fire kids Tom Ducanwa from Team Sheehan took on Alan Philpott defeated him in the <laughs> second round. I have to say this this was I'm not sure was it. I'm gonna go out and I think it was one of probably the best fight on the the local scene that I've seen anyway this year. Well, maybe not, but it, I th- I was very very impressed. Like technically heart desire you know just i thought everything was really really good in this fight that was a great fight and look props to alan philpott for the way he fought against tom to come on like i've said it if people listen to this podcast i've been saying it for what a year and a half that we've been doing it that he's gonna go in there and gonna be a top 10 bantamweight in the ufc the day he goes in there and i think the way alan philpott fought against him now tom to come obviously won the fight and you know he was winning the fight from you know he he was he probably won the first round and he got to finish in the second. But I think Philpot showed that he's able to mix it with the best in the world because I have no doubt about it. And people were saying to me, oh, you know, Dukumar won, he won well. Dukumar is one of the best in the world. I don't care if he's fighting in Bama. I don't care if he signs with Belter. I don't care if he fights, signs with UFC. He is one of the best fighters in the world, just on base, purely on skill. He is, and Philpot yeah. hung with him there. And I was very, very impressed. I think both these guys should be in the UFC. Yeah, there's there's nowhere where where Duke and was weak, and um, right. Alan fought a great game plan. He got in his face. He wasn't he wasn't intimidated in any way. He was he was trying to counter, but he wasn't exclusively trying to counter. Um, and and Tom Duke and Wall will like if he, he will indulge in a bit of a striking match. And I think that was. I think he's, was, um, we were talking about this during off off camera, we'll say, but I just think he's his defense is just superb. It's so good. I think like, and it's not your normal defense where you kind of get out or duck shots or something. I think he, uh, holding your hands up and, and avoiding punches and blocking punches and kicks and stuff is a very, very overrated thing in MMA. Like people just roaring, oh, get your hands up. I think, you know, that's probably not the best way of avoiding punches or kicks and stuff. But the way he does it is just, is just fantastic because he's so aggressive. He gets himself into the pocket. And then when you counter him, his hands are always up. You know, his hands are always in the perfect place to block him. He doesn't take that much damage, although Philpat did catch him a couple of times. But in, in all of his fights, I just, like, I can't say enough good things about about uh, Tom Ducumar. The way he can he can close distance so quickly, good leg kicks, you know, good wrestling, good good clinch game, just everything. It's so good about him. Yeah. We were talking to his, to his coach, uh, Greg Jackson, afterwards, and he was talking about the elbows coming from coming from his chest instead of it's kind of hard to describe but he has he has like he's kind of innovating he's kind of changing these techniques slightly and to suit his game and he definitely seems to be a thinking man's fighter Duke and and I think it's a good coach to have in Greg Jackson if, if you are one of them one of them fighters 
that's looking to kind of innovate and looking to kind of add things to your game that other people aren't even thinking about. Yeah. And um, for on the Phil Potts side of things, he, yeah, like that fight, like uh, okay, he probably lost the first round, but it was, it was a close round, and the second round he got finished. But you know, for 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 losing for losing the round and getting finished in the second, it's probably about as impressive uh, performance as you'll see. Yeah, I'm I, like I'm glad for him too because you know he maybe like he's a lot of fights, maybe not the best record, but uh, like I think it showed what a good fighter he is. For a lot, a lot of like, like, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of Phil Potts uh, losses, a few of them anyway, are, are his own fault. Uh, just not taking it that seriously, fucking up the weight cut, not not eating properly. Just. He's he, he's still very young. He's a bit of a messer throughout the years. He was he seems to be on the right path now. Like he's 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 in better shape, and he there was, there was no like usually you'd be worried about Phil Pot missing weight. There was there was there was no concern all week. Well, nobody nobody was uh, voicing concern about his weight all week. Uh, I think that the, the move to Aspire in Liverpool with Dean Garnett uh, uh, to do his camps, get away from his local area, the distractions, the whatever drinking with his friends or whatever it is he does um is really good for him especially especially like yeah fair enough uh, out of camp no problem like but when you're in camp you need to be you need to be properly in camp like there's you need to make what you're just making it harder for yourself by eating badly and not training because you're going to have that severe weight cut at the end and he's taking a few silly fights as well Phil Paul, like going out to, to asia and stuff like that when, when maybe he was he was one or two away from the ufc but <clears throat> the the door to the UFC definitely isn't closed. Like performance like that against Tom Dukenwall, like you, you you know that Joe Silva, Sean Shelby have watched that. Like they they, they don't miss fights by Tom Dukenwall. Yeah. Like I don't know for a fact, but I'd be shocked if they if they if they oh, miss they fights course, by top prospects yeah. like that. Like yeah, so that like he's definitely on the radar now. Like you know if he if he goes out there and beats somebody of of, of name value next, all if next time the. The, the UFC rolls around to Dublin or Belfast, he'd be there. Yeah, 100%. Right, let's get on to the, the Bellator card. Um, Dylan Tuke lost to Cameron Else in the, the only fight in the card that I actually haven't seen. You, you were obviously there. I, I think it was actually a mix-up with the like the Spike TV thing. Uh, someone told yeah, me I didn't I, actually see it, where like they showed, I think they showed like um, Sinead Kavanaugh's fight, and then they replayed the third round and then showed the decision, and then didn't show any of James Gallagher's fight, and only showed the decision at the end, and just like skipped all the other fights or something. And we, oh, like, I've no it wasn't idea. Wasn't even live. It's like you had yeah. a day to fucking. Oh. Yeah, so it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. Like people were really pissed off about that. A lot of people were shocked that such a big promotion weren't streaming there. Like Bama did a great job of streaming theirs. Like mm-hmm. uh, through um, Unilad Facebook. Yeah, it was brilliant. Like, people. Yeah, people seem to know complaints. Well, I didn't see any complaints about the stream. Usually, even with the fight pass, people are complaining about the stream. Yeah. So, props, props to Bama on their stream there. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, yeah, Bellator. This is just happening. It yeah. happens in the UK. Even, even, even with Bellator and uh, watching Bellator is from America, you, the, the stream is blocked in Ireland, so you have to watch it legally. It just, it's. It's really I silly. think the, the most it's, insane thing of all was you know, did an interview with Scott Coker and I, a lot of people haven't watched that. Go, on, go over and watch that interview on on uh, youtube.com forward slash severe art. A lot of very interesting things Scott Coker said in that interview. And one of them was like, oh, we don't need TV deals in these places because we have Spike and they have all these, you know, they have channels all over the world. Well, fucking use them then. Like, the Spike UK is there. Put the fight on live. You know, there's nothing else on that. 
that channel like you know and they're they're in with channel five and all them there's like five star there's loads of channels they're sure like they're, they're surely a channel you could put the fights on like especially at like three o'clock in the morning for ones in america it's just it's just even make it available on internet pay-per-view yeah. or just make it available like make it available somehow yeah, <laughs> live like mma last be live like nobody yeah. nowhere near the numbers are going to watch it back not live like yeah, it's just not going to happen yeah right let's go to fight that dylan to cameron else fight cameron else obviously he's he's a win over paddy pimblet doesn't he as well yeah so you can tell you know coming to that fight he's a good fighter and he got the finish pretty pretty early over over dylan cook yeah it was uh i haven't seen it back a year because uh obviously of the the problems with the broadcast and what we just talked about but um fair play to cameron else um he he went for a choke dylan got out he i think he tried to knee dylan I'm not, i haven't seen the replay so i'm not sure if he clipped dylan with the knee off the off the break or not and then uh they stepped into trade and uh he hit him with a big or um cameron hit dylan with a huge shot and he, he went down and um i think cameron else whiffed on the on the two uh the two ground shots but dylan was dylan was out of it uh it was it, the ref was well within its right to stop it. It was, it was it was over. Like um, don't think there's any complaints there. It's every fighter's nightmare just to go out there and he got the biggest pop of the night and from the fans and then he just lost in twenty seconds. It's obviously uh tough to take, but um, it, it was a nice moment when afterwards he uh, put his hand in the air and the crowd gave a, a huge pop again. I think that uh that probably meant a lot to him. It's obviously tough to take. It's uh for Dylan. It's um it was kind of like uh, his first time on a on a on, a, on a, one of the big shows like Bellator. It was kinda last last minute. He was he was called up to the to the card. He was meant to be on the Bama card, and we just found out at the weigh-ins that he that he'd moved up to, moved up to the the Bellator card. But you know he's still he's still very young and still time to go. Maybe Adam Adam Venture, uh, his previous opponent, seemed to think that uh. He he posted that he'd never be the same after that first round. They post. I don't think that's the case, but I think maybe no. it was a little quick. Maybe Dylan should have um, should have um, taken a little bit more time. But it's easy to say that now. Like you know, if he had went down one, then how long ago was that then, fight? Uh, then it would have been the adventure fight. Yeah. Um, we have a quick look, quick look here. Yeah, but so you're doing that. Like I think anyway, you know, he's obviously still one of the one of the top prospects in Ireland. You know, that that Vintra was obviously a very tough fight. Vintra did well in the first round and Chuke took a lot of damage, you know, and he came back and won in the second. Obviously, this performance as well. Obviously, he got knocked out in like the first forty seconds or something, was it? You know, that's that's tough. It's twenty seconds. You know, you, you know it's gonna be tough. But you know, it, this is this is something you could you, you know. So it's it's been a few months, but you know, if you look back at um, I know I know Dylan Tuke wasn't uh, wasn't knocked out in the in the venture fight, but if you look back at the the original Roddy, the kind of career look that myself and uh, or the severe guys and myself made uh, <clears throat> on Roddy a year or so ago, he said uh, he got knocked out. I know he got he got knocked out cold, but he got knocked out cold before years ago, and he said for a good year afterwards, he just couldn't take the same shot yeah. that he could take before. He needed he needed that time out. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's the best call for for Dylan. He needs he needs to get a few. He needs he seems like he know they probably know better than me. But he seems like he needs to get some some more uh, some more boxing sparring in and he'll work on his uh, boxing defense. I think that's um, that's a good place to start and just just take just take his time. There's there's no rush. Yeah, like we said with the other guys earlier, like he's 
obviously still a very talented guy and you know this could it could be the making of him you know he'd bounce back from him we said that after the the Vintra fight as well but you know you know obviously still a very talented guy and we, we'll it'll be interesting to see uh what happens for him next right let's move on to the um, daniel weichel against brian morfire saw this one uh, i i you know we talked about phil potter being, being impressed with him i couldn't be more impressed with, with brian moore and you know, after after loss, he talked about retiring, but I think he kind of rolled back on that again, and I'm glad he did because I, you know, we spoke about it last week in the podcast. Maybe Brian Moore isn't as known as the other guys, and you give the reasons why because you know he was kind of off, you know, taking a break to have a kid and open his up his new business and stuff <clears throat> when the whole McGregor thing exploded. But I think this was showed how you know just how good he is. Like Daniel Weiss is going to be fighting for the belt or title after this, but he was winning that fight. You know he was dominating that fight on the feet. Hands looked so crisp. He was you know landing landing combinations on Weitzel, winning the fight until you know they kind of they um they clinched up and and uh, he he got his uh he got uh, Daniel Weitzel got him to the ground and then eventually got the arm triangle, but. I was very, very impressed with Brian Moore, and you know, there's a lot of good fights for him there in, in Bama or Bellator or wherever he goes. I think, I think he's a very, very talented guy, and I think he'll he'll get the one of those big shows on a you know not just a one fight contract, or maybe this is more. I'm not sure, but he'll he'll get the one of those big shows if he keeps at it. I think. Yeah, definitely. I think I think he really brought it to to Weichel. Like Weichel's been in there, with, you know, he's beaten Pat Curran, like long term belt. He's been there with the best of them, like the tricky pitbull. Like and Brian Moore definitely didn't look didn't look out of place. Like so, mm-hmm. obviously when you when you when you get submitted, it's it's Brian Moore's obviously always been tough on himself as well. Like even even in victories, he'll be picking out. Oh, I shouldn't have got hit with that shot, or I did this wrong. So I'd say over time he'll look at it a bit more fondly than than he looks at it now. If you can look at a loss fondly, you know what I mean. Though, but he he look at his performance a bit a bit more. Um, yeah, he'll, have, he'll look at it a bit more kindly, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, let's get through these last couple of fights. Uh, Sinead Kavanagh, look, Sinead Kavanagh does what Sinead Kavanagh does. This was came in, dominated the fight. Um, Alina, her opponent, was very tough, took a lot of damage, and she, you know, did, didn't fall. Sinead Kavanagh, we have a few questions about him. We're going to talk about the 145 pound UFC division um, in a few seconds, but I think she's a dead cert to get in there if they started and if they're serious about building that division. What do you think? How, how do you rate her performance? Yeah, she, she looked really good. Uh, <clears throat> she obviously came across in boxing and and boxing is her thing. But she she and she she really hit she hit Elena uh, with some big shots. And Elena is like she's only eighteen. She's she's probably she's very tough. Like she she's five and one now. But I'd say she'll be around for a long time and uh, probably end up in in the UFC or or in if Bellator have their division, she'll probably do well in that in the future. But uh, Sinead just just relentless pressure it, when she wasn't punching her in the face she she had her up against a cage and she was making her work and Lena was very impressive yeah Lena was just hanging on and made showed off a bit of her grappling a bit of her bit of her top control and, and yeah showed a few more facets to her game that she's obviously been working on uh, since her transition from from boxing yeah. um i think it was a good it was a good uh, it was good to get the rounds in for Sinead as well and um um, yeah, it was a it was it was a great performance by by Sinead. Yeah, um, and last one I suppose we're just not going to talk about that main event at all because it was terrible. Uh, James Gallagher came in there again, defeated Anthony Taylor, got the the third round submission after you know, 
a pretty even two rounds. Uh, Gallagher probably won both of them. Uh, but I think Anthony Taylor came in there and he was very game. Uh, came to came to attack Gallagher. Gallagher was throwing a lot of counters and he was kind of um, kind of egging him on, so he could counter him. And he he looked good, but you could tell that that's a part of his game. He's obviously still working on, and that's becoming you know a staple in his game. But maybe the precision isn't there yet with, with all the counters. But I thought you know I thought he looked good. I thought his footwork, his movement looked good. He's still a very obviously a very very raw talent uh, on the feet, but when he got to the when he got to the ground, you could just you know you could see his quality. I t- talked about Reese McKee being the top prospect. You know, James Gallagher is definitely up there with him as well. Um, and I thought you know Anthony Taylor was definitely a game opponent after all the talk that went into it. There was plenty of pressure on Gallagher as well. You know, that was basically the main event, uh, fighting in front of you know a lot of home fans. You know, SPG is obviously the big gym up there, and he's fighting out of there representing them. So, you know good performance and uh you know bellator obviously building him well you know give pick you know get, giving him guys that you know are going to build him kind of like they did with mvp and stuff but i think james hunter is the type of guy who's going to want to you know he's going to want to knock out and get past those opponents but he's going to want to climb up quickly as well and i think uh you know the way he's going it's it's a very good start to his uh his bellator career in 2-0 now yeah, it was a, it was a good win. Um, uh, the, the thing with James is, uh, I think he's he's trying to strike a little bit too much, in my opinion. I think I think if he had made if he had a shot a few more times, Taylor would have been more worried about about the takedown because because Taylor obviously knows and everybody knows how how good James is on the ground and when he gets it there, he he goes straight for finishes and he he's a finisher on the ground. So I'd like to see him kind of be more relentless with his with his grappling and with his attempts to get it get it into the grappling realm. Uh, but you know, he he finished the fight like he got valuable experience in the in the cage. He 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 never looked in in trouble at any stage. Like you know, he wasn't. It never looked like oh, he's he's about to lose this. I, the rounds were close enough, but I, I had them for James. <clears throat> and um, I think if if James was to to fall behind in the fight, he he could have um, turned to his grappling and and finished it. Not at any time, but he uh, that was obviously a, an avenue open to him. Everybody loves a knockout. Obviously, it's the it seems to be the 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 biggest adrenaline rush or whatever. But nobody's gonna nobody's gonna uh, nobody's gonna be giving out about you submitting people all the time. Like people are people don't give out about Damian Meyer or Gunnar Nelson not not KOing people. They they love them for how good they are at grappling and how relentless they are and how, just how good they are uh, at being submission artists. And I think that maybe maybe James. See, it's hard to say because he's so young, and this is valuable experience on the feet. And yeah. to be to be like one of the, he says he wants to be one of the he wants to be the best. So, so yes, the striking needs needs more work than the ground game, obviously. But it is coming along. Like yeah. James is is getting better uh, fight to fight as well. Like you know, he he's still very young as well. It's these guys are kind of they're well known for the last couple of years. So the the, the pressure's been on them, or the the, the spotlight's been on them. Before, before uh, the spotlight would be on a lot of a lot of fighters. Like, I say, if you looked at a lot of the the top UFC fighters when they were eighteen, nineteen, twenty, they they were nothing like they are now. Like, even the champions. Like, obviously, there's a few exceptions, like John Jones or stuff like that. But generally, I think you know, uh, there's, there's so much time to go, and and uh, I think I think James is obviously being um, being. Um, Picked by Bellator as 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 a guy who's going to be is going to be a big star in the future. So they're 
they're going to give him they're going to give him nice matchups that they, they think he can win yeah, and this is the time to be learning as well like when he signed i got a little bit of stick for saying you know he's not ready for the top yet you know it's going to take time and like i, I don't think i should have got deeper i think that's right you know john jones when he was 18 needed time to get to the top or when he was 22 or whenever he started now he didn't really need that much time because he was kind of a phenom but whoever you know conor mcgregor uh ronda rousey everyone maybe apart from john jones you know and he need time to get there and same goes for James Gallagher, same goes for anyone. And I think, uh, I honestly think, look, Bellator are probably the best place in the world to build guys like that because in the UFC, sometimes there's an, kind of an overindulgence and they don't want to be, you know, like Sergio Pettis, I think, is the perfect is the perfect person like that, giving him big fights too soon, like not building him up, not, you know. Mm. And that's, I don't like that. I think you need, you know, but boxing goes overboard, but boxing has the, has the right idea, you know. You have to build these guys up. You have to, you know, give them the fights to bring them, to bring their best out of them. And when they start getting to have, you know, a good, a great game, uh, you know, coming towards the the thing where they're putting where they have everything put together then give them the big fights you know that's that's i think that's the best way to do it um but let's move on there was obviously pt had a bit of an issue as well which he, he spoke about and he's going to speak about and talk and brawls um do you want to address that anything or, or anywhere will we leave will we leave the pt um yeah we'll leave it to, to talk and brawls and pt i think yeah i wasn't there obviously so but look just I'll, I'll say you know there was obviously there was a little bit of an issue with media and pizza will discuss it but look <laughs> you you know you've good media here with us you know uh independent guys who'll you know we'll give it to you straight we'll you know we'll, we'll give you our opinion and we won't be uh you know we won't have anyone telling us what to say or you know where to go or what to do or anything so uh stick with us and we'll see you good so okay let's let's move on to We'll just quickly touch on this. I know you didn't really want to touch on it, but I, I'm kind of doing it anyway. Conor McGregor won the RTE and Sport Ireland Sport per, Sports Person of the Year. Which is funny. <laughs> what do you mean I didn't want to touch on it? <laughs> because you, you're like, you hate these events and stuff. Well, it's just, or not events, but awards. But I, th- I thought it was a bit, uh, a bit ironic that the Sport Ireland Sports Person of the Year was from a sport that Sport Ireland don't recognize. Thought that was a bit that thought, yeah. thought that was a bit <laughs> ironic. Uh let's just give me I'll give you the other uh, nominees. Seamus Cannon, obviously Tipperary Hurdler, you had Owen Clifford, uh, who was a Paralympian, you've uh, Katie, George, Dunleavy, and Eve Crystal and our Paralympians as well, Brian Finton, Dublin footballer, Carl Frampton, the the boxer, Denis Denise Gale, Komogi player, Jim Heaslip, obviously rugby player, Darrell Horgan, soccer player. McGregor, Annalise Murphy did a sailor, Paul Donovan, the roar, and Breed Stack, ladies footballer. Um, out of that lineup, for me, it was between McGregor and um, and uh, Carl Frampton. I don't think you know, I don't think anyone else was was close there. To be honest, I think Paul Donovan obviously had a great year as well. The, the roar, he won the world championships and got a was it a bronze or silver in silver in the Olympics as well. So he was obviously up there as well. Um, but I think I, I honestly think Carl Frampton and McGregor were neck and neck this year. McGregor did lose this year. We have to remember that. So I maybe would have given it to Carl Frampton this year, but I think McGregor definitely deserved to win it last year. But the fact that he didn't win it last year, 
I think made people kind of more fervent for voting for him this year because it was just a complete nutter robbery last year and it was a, an open vote uh, where people could phone in this year and the fact you know he made history and everything you know I know Frampton's a 2-8 world champion but that's been done umpteen times in boxing you know there's 5 world champions in boxing so maybe that's why McGregor got it as well but to be honest I think the two of those were, were neck and neck so give us let's give us your opinion on it Graham yeah I think Connor definitely deserved it uh, he, he did something nobody's ever done before and in um, like Frampton, obviously very very good boxer, but Connor like he absolutely obliterated Eddie Alvarez the ten pounds boom like boxing when they move weight classes they don't move ten pounds. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Connor's the best athlete Ireland have ever produced. I don't think there's even much of a debate there to be honest. Like, in what way? Like in in his physical body, like or in. Like, just in his, in his, everything, the whole package. Better than Roy Keane. Yeah, world champion. Brian O'Driscoll. Conor McGregor. I don't know. Yeah, he, he's up there. Like he's he's definitely yeah, up like, there. Uh, Padraig Carrington is one like a lot. A lot of so. like a lot of people would would, would put uh, like this is kind of related, slightly related, but they put Stephen Jarrett down for not winning stuff, not winning trophies, and then they kind of oh well, European trophies aren't aren't world trophies, like you know. It's it's that's just really have it both ways. That's just you, like, really. Nobody does that. How do you do? Oh, I don't Kieran, Kieran, I, I agree with you. Though. Kieran Carey was the greatest hurler to ever live, and he never won. Uh, never won. I never won so. Yeah, but that's because you're a fucking prick. Like, let's be honest here. Bunch of amateurs. <laughs> Bunch of amateurs. Who else? Uh, Patrick Harrington has to be up there. Rory McIlroy, Roy Keane. You know, we've produced a good few, like Brian yeah. Jordan, obviously uh, unbelievable as well. I, I don't I, think we have to transcend transcendent athletes like Conor McGregor. I think he's he's the only one. <clears throat> like if you're looking at America as well, obviously it's going to be tough because we don't really have that many. You know, people are going to be in America. World stars, like, like, yeah. yeah. But if you look at obviously Roy Keane was a huge world star everywhere, barring America. Like you know, so. America's a big think, place, though. Um, North yeah, America. But still, it's not to be all in Indal. No. Yeah, no, it isn't. India is a big place. Too. <laughs> Even though the, the, a lot of the US media would let, would would tell you it is. I, I think um, I think uh, Owen Morgan is Ireland's biggest star. Look at the look at India. How many people in India watch him playing cricket all the time? Oh, uh, the the England captain. The is England it? captain, yeah. <laughs> Edge, Edge, <laughs> uh, oh, awful, awful. Sanya can't beat Sanya. But uh, yeah, you just you're only saying that some, some good Dublin. Yeah, Dublin bias. You know, Dublin bias. Nah, there's plenty of athletes from Dublin, but no, I think he is. I think he's the, the best athlete I've ever produced. Steve Finnan, the most successful as well. Mm. Roy Keane, come on, Roy Keane is like ten Premier League medals and the Champions League and got single. Yeah, McGregor was was two two way European. Now he's two weight, or well, he was two. Well, he kind of it's up in the air whether he's two weight <laughs> world champion of the UFC at the moment. So I don't, I, I don't think that can be argued. But top, he's, I don't he, think that'll be done. Be done again. Like. He's definitely top top five anyway. That's what I'd say. Definitely top five. Right. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Joseph Duffy this week. Uh, it was announced. I think Ariel Hawani had the story that the UFC are going to let him fight out his his contract. He's one fight left on his UFC contract, and then he's going to. Test free agency. Uh, who's he fighting? He's fighting Reza Madadi, I believe. Is it in? Is it in London? I'm not sure where it is, but it, it was announced that he's going to fight Reza Madadi. First of all, what do you think of that fight? And then where do you um, think he's going to go after that? 
after hearing about the testing free agency thing, I expected a, a much more difficult fight for Joe. Uh, it's a strange one. Maybe they have come to some agreement in between, in between um, him saying that and the fight getting announced that he what that he will stay. It'd be strange to give him a, give him a nice fight that he can that he can. I think he can beat Razor everywhere. Yeah, uh, I think he's better than Razor everywhere. So, um, it, I like the matchup for Joe. It's a good matchup. It would make me think maybe that the the UFC are confident enough of, th- of keeping him around. Possibly, yeah. When when I looked at it, that was the first thing to go through my head, and it was all. There, but the second thing to go through my head was, do they want to give him someone good and for him to then beat them? And then go to Bellator or go somewhere else with that good win. Because, you know, if you're looking at the rankings, it's kind of hard to give him, you know, you're not going to give him Habib, you're not going to give him Tony Ferguson, you know, you're not going to give him Michael Johnson, or you could maybe give him Dos Anjos or someone like that, and, you know, a tough matchup. But, um, you know, sure. it's, it's. Could be, he would run through any any man, wouldn't he? Just take him down. He would, yeah. That is That is true. <laughs> and it's, I mean, yeah, I, it's an odd one. It definitely is an odd one. It's it's hard to think where they're coming from. You know, I think Reza Madadi's probably on the way out in his UFC career anyway. So maybe he's like a a dispensable guy for them. Um, it does obviously does it doesn't do much for Joseph Duffy's for Joseph Duffy as a fighter or you know as a any or his rankings or anything like that. It's just another another good win. I, as you said. I think it's a handy win enough for him, even though the most the scariest moment of my life was uh, spending like 30 seconds in an elevator with Reza Madani when he was really mad the whole week in fucking Dublin when Norman Park threw the, threw the uh, what was it? Um, pink handbag. Pink handbag at him, yeah. But, yeah, look, for for me, you, you'd hope Joseph Duffy stays in the UFC for the reasons we talked about. Like, we can't watch Bellator, you know, we can't record it, I can't sleep and watch it the next day. You know, we... That that selfish reason I know, but look, I hope he gets paid, and I hope the UFC pay him because I think he's good enough, you know, to to get up there and maybe fight for a title in the years or get into the top five, you know, in, in time. I think Joseph Duffy's a very very talented guy, and it you know it'd be a shame to not see him fulfil that talent. Now, Bellator have a very good lightweight division as well, and it's not to say that. And I hope he gets paid if you know if they're offering him, you know. 50 grand a fight and, and you'll see you're offering him 20 grand and then he should go there you know no, no, no problem that way but first of all obviously I do hope he gets paid but I hope he can get paid by you know by the UFC basically yeah agreed I think he should say that I think he's uh, I think he can go really far in that division in the in the UFC so uh, once, you, once you go to Bellator it's, it's, it gets messy if you're going back to the UFC I think if Joe goes out there and sparks him which he probably will um it does do 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 good things for Joe, so yeah, it's hard to know what's going on there. Is there any chance he goes back to cage wires and get one gets one of these Paddy po- uh, Paddy Power Paddy Pimblick <laughs> sweetheart deals? Mm, yeah, well, Graham Boylan kind of has hinted at it, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, I think there is a possibility due to his management and look. Anyway, whatever happens, I just hope it gets sorted, and I, I'm glad they they're allowing him to test free agency after this because you know. If they, if they, you know, it's been a while now. He was supposed to fight in that Belfast guard, which was what a month ago now. It's going to be another two months before he fight, or a month and a half or whatever before he fights. Um, you know, it's it's just good that it's getting sorted. You know, wherever he goes, it's it's bad to see someone sitting on the sidelines. You know, especially someone like Joseph Duffy, who kind of 
he not gave away part of his career, but a part of his MMA career was missing because you know because he moved over to boxing and stuff, and you know he's kind of making up time all, all the time on, on other people, and you know it, you want to see a guy like that active, and hopefully, um, hopefully he can, um, you know, he can get a get a fight and get a deal started quickly. It's just going to wait and see with Joe, I suppose. Uh, I think the UFC would be silly to let him go. Uh, he says he's not being. Uh, he 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 thinks he's been very reasonable with his request, and from from what I know of Joe, he's a reasonable guy. So I think the, I think the UFC would be would be better off would be to pay him. Yeah, 100%. Pay him what he wants. Before we get to the questions, last thing, let's just talk quickly about the um, women's hundred and forty-five pound division, which was announced this week, and now. The division wasn't really announced. Mm-hmm. A fight was announced. Now, usually when these things come out, like the the hundred and fifteen pound division, they announced tough, and they announced this the champion is going to be crowned by tough. We're going to take over the Invicta division. You know, we're going to pay him some money and stuff to fight and tough. And there's the division. This one, they announced a fight, and they announced Holly Holm was going to fight Jermaine Jermaine Durandamy at UFC two hundred eight for the title, and basically that's it. Now, the first thing. Obviously, with that is, <laughs> we thought they're bringing in the UFC uh, featherweight women's title because Chris Cyborg is there, basically, and she's the draw. And now it starts. <laughs> now they're bringing the title, and Chris Cyborg is in the, even in the title fight. I think that's you know, it's that's the most insane thing straight away. Now, Chris Cyborg did turn down a title fight because she says she's still recovering from the last weight cut and the last fight and you know her body didn't take well to it and she needs 12 weeks to cut weight you know she's a big person that look fair enough whatever your opinions are on that but from the UFC's point of view I think it's a very strange decision like if you're bringing in this division as I said you're bringing in for Cyborg so you just wait for Cyborg what's the difference you know between UFC 208 and UFC 209 you know I think it's tough. Maybe they just they needed something to fill up that card. Maybe I'm not sure, but I think it's I think it's just a strange season all the way around. Well, the, there are belts popping out of nowhere recently. Uh, <laughs> WME IMG came in. Max Holloway around with Yeah, the good few belts. I think Composa. I think it was made or Super Calo maybe made a good point about a or well, a, a valid point, maybe not a good point, <laughs> about uh, Conor never lost his, uh, his uh, what do you call it, interim yeah. belt. So he's, he's he, he, Max Holloway would have to beat him to become the interim champion, is that what you're saying? Super Callow was saying, mm, on Twitter. Do you, know the way, do you know the way they say Conor McGregor has no title defences? Didn't he defend his interim title against Chelsea Aldo? Yeah, I suppose he did, yeah. There you go. He's won title events. Suck it, haters. <laughs> this whole thing about you have to you have to defend your belt to be the champion is just what it's absolute nonsense. Like I, I think the funniest thing about that is, and we, we get into this point as well, is that Ronda Rousey. People give out about Ronda Rousey for ducking Cyborg, and they want her to go up to one forty-five. But then when McGregor goes up to one fifty-five, they're saying, "Yeah, you're ducking the people at one forty-five. Like, you can't win." Like uh, I don't know, but let's let's digress on that anyway. The 145 on division. Do you think they're right to make this title fight, or do you think they should wait, wait it for Cyborg? I I think they should have waited. Yeah. Um, they could have had the fight in the 45 pound division, not for the title between Holly and Randomly. Uh, I, I think there's two things here that they could be playing at. Right. I think one is if you're doing this right, you have 
uh, Holly Holm against Jermaine Durandamy, Jermaine Durandamy, and you have the winner fight Cyborg, right? We all think that's going to happen. It's it's great because you give more legitimacy to that fight because if it's, say, Cyborg fought Jermaine, she beat her and then fought Holly Holm, you're going to go into that fight as, oh, Cyborg, you know, Cyborg's a huge favourite. She's, you know, she's going to destroy her. You know, she's just going to retain her belt. But if you go in with Cyborg as a challenger, it's going to bring a little more, oh, can Cyborg win the title? You know, mm. Holly Holm is the champion or whatever. And, and you could sell Holly Holm as a two-race champion. Exactly, 100%. And then my other thought was, <laughs> and a lot of people stole in this since I was the first one to say, it. if if Holly Holm wins that belt and Ronda Rousey wins the 135-pound belt against Amanda Nunez, you have just a huge super fight right there. That rematch, the two belts, you know, that's just massive if that fight gets made, you know. And that Ronda Rousey, we all know, I don't think she doesn't have that many fights left. If she does, she, you know, Ronda Rousey probably want to get revenge for that. It could be her last ever fight. And I think she'd probably want to make as much money as she can. And I think that's the way to do it. So, you know, Cyborg could be could be getting screwed here, maybe. Yeah, as we, as we, as Nick or Nate Diaz pointed out and we, we talked about, they are fairy tales. All these, fairy like, these belts yeah. are just getting... As time goes on, they become more and more irrelevant, really. Not irrelevant, mm-hmm. but more and more devalued. Yeah, definitely, 100%. But look, I'm happy they brought in the title just for Cyborg because I think she deserves to to get the belt and I think she deserves to be kind of a defending champion. I st- I'm still not yeah, convinced they're bringing in the division. Yeah, she should have taken She should have taken that, 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 that fight, I think, Cyborg. I can't, you, you talk with... Two, two, three, four years about this, and then they offer it to you on eight, nine weeks' notice, and you just turn it down. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I actually do, and I think TRT's even agreed with that. And you know, he's <laughs> my kind of manager, and he's been saying it for years. But yeah, right. Just before we get to the questions, just a quick second, John. We're gonna have to find out what a uh, what a uh, Skip Bayless thinks about it before <laughs> you. Do. I missed that, but I saw your you retweeted like five people. And I was like, oh, thank fuck, I missed oh, this. <laughs> what did you think? Did as you well? see him reply to himself on on Facebook as well? He, the, the naked gambler on Twitter screenshot it he replied to himself posting on facebook uh the thing saying um you're the man skip love the new show on fs1 exclamation marks he obviously <laughs> forgot to to change accounts before <laughs> posting on his own. what a man what a man skip um but what, what did you think of dominic cruz and cody carbrand's shit talk dominic cruz my favorite line was uh, i bought a house with, with all the wins i have over your team just fucking epic I thought that was oh, really yeah, good. it was good. Yeah, uh, Cody was way it was definitely all the uh, trash talk there. <laughs> His uh, microphone was really low like, as well, not even yeah. making sense as well. Like, and Dominic Cruz is just like bemused by what he was saying. He's like, what? Like, he's like, what is he even saying? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was Ben Fox or maybe Luke Thomas. One of them anyway said, um, <laughs> "Dominic Cruz said." Dominic Cruz says, "What are you saying?" And he actually wants an answer back. <laughs> you know the way he says it. I just, I love that. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> I love Dominic Cruz. He's like, he's the best. I like a powerful from McGregor obviously but I think he's the best like get in your head shit talker in UFC I just think he's he's absolutely hilarious uh, for the questions John Jones and Brock Lesnar both got banned for a year and got bans this year as well or uh, fines this week I suppose to be expected uh, John Jones we obviously knew can a man not happened. get a boner like but getting banned <laughs> like what's going on can't take fucking uh, dick pills now from a from a, from a, uh, a chemist a vial from, from Thailand or whatever the bullshit was this time. Here's the one question that do you think Brock will fight again? Um, I no. think he does. It's only a year. It's only a year. 
I know, but he'd have to go into the, he'd have to go into the pool of testing for months before and stuff, and that would fuck. Or that would. I know the WWE have a quote wellness policy, but I think that would uh, that would affect him in his other job. I just found my last. I just found it. my last ball prediction for the year. Here, here's a, uh, my ball predictions for the year are going to be out this week, ladies and gentlemen, and here's one of them. Brock Lesnar is going to fight on the New Year's Eve card next year. That's my ball prediction for the year. One of them. Boom. I'd say remove the Eve part because you might get done by a by a thirtieth or a twenty ninth. But show. the New Year's, you know, the New Year's Eve card, you know, like the yeah, the New Year's show, yeah, the yeah, New Year's show, whatever. Fucking pedantic prick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, let's move on to the questions. Before we do, let's give a shout out to our sponsors, rosnutrition.com. Let's head on over to rosnutrition.com. You can get 25% off your first order with the promo code Severe May. As you all know by now, just tremendous company. You know, support the Severe May podcast. They've been supporting us for months, so please support them. Um, they've provide excellent supplements, vitamins, protein powder, all that good stuff. Head on over to rosnutrition.com, pick out your stuff, throw them into the, the cart, put in the promo code SEVERMA, and you'll get 25% off your first order. Boom. Do that. rosnutrition.com. Help us. Help you. Right. First question, as always, for Mr. Podge. Give him a follow, at one Mr. Podge. Can you see the winner of Ngano versus Arlovsky versus the winner of Lewis versus Brown? And the loser versus loser. Also, who wins those fights? Sorry, say that again. Who wins between Ingano and Arlovsky? <sighs> Don't you fucking Ingano. Yeah, it's tough. Exactly. It's tough. And Derek Lewis and Luke uh, Brown. What's Brown's name? Travis Brown. Travis Brown. Mm. Um, like I would have picked Travis Brown, no problem, a couple of years ago, but yeah, I'd still go with him, but. Uh, uh, I'm not a, that big a fan of Lewis, but I don't know. Travis, Travis Brown just. I'd recommend he leaves Glendale. <laughs> yeah, me too. He can't, though. He's, you know, he's for one reason or another. Uh, I think Travis Brown will win. I obviously think Francis Ngannou will win as well. Um, another one from Mr. Bodge. Who do you, who would you rather see Cerrone fight next? Lawler, Nick Diaz, Masvidal, or Nate? Um. Nick. I agree. I've always wanted to see him fight Nick. I think that's a good fight. Uh, Amy McLean, friend of the podcast as well, asks, how do you think uh, Joseph Duffy would do in the Bellator 155-pound division? Um, yeah, very well. Um, let me think. I think he'd probably be their champion. Uh, Michael Chandler, yeah. I could see him beat Michael Chandler. I think that's a great fight. You know, Duffy obviously have to. You know, he's wrestling against Dustin Poirier was the the key for him. And I remember you was it you said that someone said it anyway. And uh, Eric uh, O'Keefe, who was training one of his trainers back then, I'm not sure if he still is or not, but he kind of said the same thing. You know that that was a thing that he needed to work on. So if he's working on that, you know, and if it's getting better, mm. that's obviously a big thing. But um, so I was left to seeing that. Yeah, he he could definitely be um. He could definitely be their champion, I think, if he uh, if he put it all together. Um, question from Farrell Connolly, another friend of the podcast as well, great man, at Farrell Connolly. If Tom, Tom Duncan was next fight in the UFC, who would you like it to be? And he suggests Brad Pickett in uh, London. Uh, poor Brad Pickett. Poor way. Brad Pickett. Yeah, that's the first thing I think of too. Come on. Yeah. 
in his in his in his hometown as well. That'd be mm-hmm. brutal. Uh, who would I suggest? Uh, I'd want him at Bantam, obviously. Um, what about Takeya Mizugaki? He got knocked out there. He's a good man yeah. for putting people over these days. What about Michael McDonald? Mm, I like that, yeah. I think Duke can handle him easily. Thomas Almeida? A bit too much of a step up, I think. Like, I think he'd beat, well, maybe not beat Thomas Almeida, but it'd be a good fight anyway. I think he probably would beat Thomas Almeida, but... I think he beats Thomas Almeida. I, yeah. I, I don't think they'll move him that quickly, though. You know, I... I think we obviously are in the final. Yeah. A lot of people do, but I don't think they'll move him that quickly. They'll he'll move that quickly though. He will. He once he gets into the UFC, he's going to be ranked within six months. Well, Eddie Eddie Wineland got a de- Weiland, nice yeah. win. And, yeah, people know him from from being around WC and UFC for years. And I think a lot of these people are gonna um, not going to be accept, accepting fights against Tom Dukanwal. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. if I was a ranked guy in that bantamweight division. I'm not. I'm not putting this guy over. You know. Yeah. Brian Caraway would be a, really a nice fight for him. Yeah. If just the highest, the, the easiest, highest ranked fight. He beats all. Or actually, sorry, Jimmy Rivera is ranked four. Jimmy Rivera is a tough guy, though. That's it. That's it. I underestimated Jimmy Rivera once, and I won't do it again. You know, I think he's a good, scrappy guy. But yeah, we'll see. I think Duke Mod goes through most of that division, to be honest, until he gets to the very, very top. But uh, yeah, should be should be fun watching him. Mr. Podge again asks, um, do you think Paige Van Zandt is? not going to fulfill her potential because of all these opportunities she's getting outside of MMA. She's done pretty well with her, with, with, with her skill set so far, hasn't she? Yeah, I think she has as well. Like, I think um, no, I don't I think, think so. She's talented no. and she is improving as well and stuff, but it was just the game plan that did her at the weekend, to be honest. I think you can tend to, there's a tendency to throw the baby yeah. out with the bat water in situations like this, but... I think, yeah, and she did turn things down as well to concentrate on, on her fighting as well. So I think it might be a little bit harsh. Yeah, I think that's. I think uh, I think she's um, she's young and she's like she got loads of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say I'd say they're they're probably kind of go back to the slow build with her because they she they do seem to see her as an important part. They were they were bigging her up like a lot. They gave her the, yeah. the main event spot. Like that was in Uriah Faber's hometown. Like Uriah could easily have been the, the main event there and against uh, Brad Pickett like hundred percent agree. So maybe back, back to the slow build, but I, I don't think it's, it's anything she's done that I don't think like the dancing with the stars thing was the reason she lost there or anything like that. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Gavin Springer asked about Sage leaving his camp. We spoke about that. Yeah, I think it'd be a good idea. Um, at Wally Frogmore asks, uh, was Sage doing kind of the Diaz talk um, mid-fight, the best thing you've ever seen? <laughs> I was pretty funny. Uh, Mickey Gall said afterwards that when he was describing it, it actually wasn't as uh, trash-talky as I, as I had hoped. But um, yeah, it was good. Though. It was, it was kind of <laughs> more polite kind of trash talk. <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious. Uh, he asked as well, "What's your favorite Christmas dessert?" Christmas dessert. Yeah. I don't know. What are the options? What What, what are the Christmas desserts? I don't know. Like um, uh, cr- pudding, Christmas pudding, pudding and stuff. Yeah. Do you like mince pies? Mm, not really? particularly. Fucking rotten. I, I'm I've this dessert plan. I was, I'm I'm addicted to watching Jamie Oliver Christmas cooking, <laughs> right? And he made this one where he got um Christmas pudding, right? He put put a bit of uh, butter into the pan. Christmas broke up Christmas pudding, put it into it, kind of fried it up. Then put a bit of brandy, 
and then put it into a bowl, put chocolate over it, and then put sure, it. No wonder you like it with the alcohol in it. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait. And then he put uh, ice cream with it as well. But I'm going to do it with Dr Pepper because there's cinnamon in it. I reckon it'd be fucking lovely. I'm going to do it with, with Dr Pepper and uh, ice cream and chocolate. I think that'd be delicious. Right, Stephen Lee asks, "What's your Christmas Day schedule? What, what way do you do it?" I, I'm always interested. I'll tell you what way I do it then. Christmas Day schedule. Um... We don't really have one. Yeah, it depends. Uh, some some years it's a there's a Stevens Day party or a Boxing Day, as a uh, English call it. That's uh, incorrect. People call it. <laughs> yeah, Saint Stephen though. Yeah, it's probably yeah a lot of bullshit as well. True. Um, but uh, yeah, there's usually some kind of get together between the family, the the mums, my mum's side of the family. Uh, but I haven't heard anything this year. Maybe that's maybe I was told and I just didn't listen or something. Yeah, that's I was. We uh, I have Denise and nephew, so they live like ten doors down from us. So we like I walk in at like half six, and we go down there and watch them up on all their presents. Then we come home, sit around for a while. Patrick Patrick's like an expert cook, so he's really good. He cooks the turkey and stuff. We sit down and eat that and just sit around and watch TV and stuff after that for the rest of the day, open up the presents and stuff, whatever we get. So He's got to make sure they don't see any uh, Eddie Alvarez promos beforehand. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, next question is from, uh, how do you say this? Exactical one. Yes, BJJ is a huge part of MMA, but do you think fighters are, and neglecting it more so and looking at takedown defense more and wrestling in, instead of BJJ. Like, I presume he's talking about Sage Narcot. Um, no, I think, like, there's so many things you have to train. You can't just, you can't dedicate all the time to BJJ. You have to, you have to, you have to do everything. Like, you, you, if you neglect one thing, everybody's going to get beaten there. I, I don't think so. No, I think BJJ is pretty prominent in, 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 a, in MMA. Yeah. Maybe even use a bit, a bit too much training jiu-jitsu nearly. I, I, yeah, I don't think it's used too much. Well, it depends. I think it's a it's a personal thing as well. But for Sage, I think he could do it using you know a little bit more a uh, little more jujitsu and working on it. Uh, as I mean, well. He could just work on his takedown defense and, and just not get taken down. Then he yeah, wouldn't have to worry about that. I think he has. But when you have a crafty guy like Mickey Gall, I think it's hard not to get taken down. And when you're there, then you're kind of fucked. You know. But, when you're throwing sloppy kicks, though, it's just like come on. That is that is true as well. Right, let's move on. Uh, Patrick asks, and I've kind of already answered, answered this. Um, give him a follow, at Patchean123. He'd be cooking my dinner, so I'll do it. Uh, Craddy Hottie, how well do you think she could do against um, Double J? Do any in J check? Uh, she's, she's very small, uh, mm-hmm. Michelle Watterson. Um, I, uh, I don't see that going well for her at all, to be honest. At all. Yeah. I think Joanna had a hole in had a hole in in City Wise before. But I think that's closed now, and I I know Michelle Watterson's a good striker, but I just I think Joanna's on a different level. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. Yeah, we've a couple of questions there from at the soup lad as well. We've we've kind of answered them as well about Reese McKean stuff and Mark Fahey as well. Thanks for them, lads. Um, at D underscore and eighty eight. David, roll on. Do you think Michelle Watterson versus Carla Esparza would be a good fight next? Uh, Carla Esparza, um, she seems to be, she just fell off a cliff after 
even before the Joanna and JJ fight, just with the the mind games, and I'd say I'd say Waterson would beat her. Yeah, she's a good wrestler as well, though. Asparza, you know, she could she's been known to kind of. Is she though? Yeah, she was. But she is she was. maybe? Yeah, she she came back and she had a good fight. The game's gone a bit, like you know, the, the women's game is progressing quickly enough. It is. Compared, um, like it's kind of it's obviously a lower level than the men's, but it's progressing quicker than the men's probably just due to the, the room for improvement. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, it's been shown like she was able to take everybody down no problem and just win decisions outside of the UFC a couple of years ago but now now I don't, I don't see her doing that to many people yeah. she might be a bit even highly ranked at number three to be honest yeah uh, at the soup ladders ask what's your perfect Christmas dinner Um, I don't know yeah I wouldn't I don't eat I don't eat many vegetables so uh, I don't know I'm easy really I go, I go duck, I go turkey. I don't, I, turkey's a bit dry. I prefer chicken to turkey. But on Christmas Day, come on, for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. Miss, I still prefer miss, chicken, miss though. I don't, get, I don't get stuck in... I don't traditions, like, you know, I'm not backward. I'm miserable bastard. Here's here. This is 2016. Welcome to the new age. Here's is, right? Beautifully cooked turkey with a shitload of gravy. And it has to be, like, not too thick, not too light as well. Gravy. Spuds. Just plain spuds. I don't like these stuffing. Onion inside. gravy or beef gravy? I don't know. Beef style. <laughs> I don't know. God, gravy. I'll be a big fan of onion gravy. Uh, then you have to have uh, sausage meat stuffing and normal stuffing. Ham, Brussels sprouts. Um, Brussels sprouts though. No, Brussels sprouts are awful. Bit, the worst. Bits of bacon in them. Brussels sprouts with bits of bacon in them. Then you have to have cheese, the whole cauliflower. House fucking cooking them. Cheese cauliflower as well with that, and one Yorkshire pudding, Yorkshire pudding as well thrown in. I know that's unusual. I'm just throwing it out there. That's where, that's what I have. Right, Frank Sutton at Phoenix asks, where should the UFC expand into next? Oh, where should expand into next? Um, the China expansion. <laughs> How's that coming yeah. along? Um, out there. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, yeah. Actually, is he ever going to fight again? Like. I don't know. It, it, yeah, yeah. I, I I know people think oh he should be in the UFC. He's going to destroy everybody. I don't think he'd do very well in the UFC at all. To be honest, I think he'd get destroyed in the UFC. I I definitely don't think he would know because he's been fighting nobody. He's barely fought in like the last two years. You know, I don't know what he's going to do. Okay, what's your favorite Christmas movie from Nate at Nate Lea? My favorite Christmas what movie? Movie. Um. Bad Santa be up there anyway. But, oh yeah, I I actually Patrick put that on for me there like three weeks ago. I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch this now because you were telling me about it as well. And then I just fell asleep like five minutes. <laughs> Missed the whole film. Uh, Elf. Elf is a funny film, but you can't beat um you can't beat Home Alone. You know, yeah, those neglected Alone. fucking children. It was one of the diehard Christmas, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. It was what's your favorite Christmas song? Yeah, Christmas song. Yours is some, the killer's one, is it? Yeah, great big slayer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. It's probably the pose, like because I've heard it like a million, million, a million times, and it's still not annoying. 
Yeah, that is a great song. In fairness, you have to you have to give it to him. All right, right two yeah. two last questions before we get out of here from Johnny Bourne at the at MMA Takeover underscore. They're actually both from him. Who'll be back to Dublin first, Bellator or UFC? Before you answer that, I have a question for you. Uh, was that card at the weekend? Was the whole O2 Open or Tree Arena, or was it just the front bit? No, no, no. It was just the front bit, was it? No, it, it, uh, apparently it was set up for six thousand instead of the nine and a half. I think mm. the UFC set it up. That makes me think they won't be back. <laughs> yeah, I'd say I'd say the UFC will be back first. Yeah, like there was talks of like having three Bellator events last year. I remember hearing that somewhere. That's but jeez, oh, I find it very hard if they can't sell out nine seater, thousand seater arena like that. Uh, that doesn't bode well. I think. Uh, and the last yeah. question: well, if they put on if they put on a proper card, uh, they might have sold it out. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that like the that, proper main event, like that King Mo fight was just dreadful. I turned it off like halfway through it. So I just couldn't even watch it. Your wrestling coach let like you not know one that. person was talking or asking about that at all during the whole build up. Like nobody yeah. cared. What, what, actually, just one thing is all I'm into. I'm into uh, mention how annoying were the people asking what time is this card gonna gonna start? I've I've never like I had to turn I had to turn off my phone like it was getting so bad Facebook, uh, Twitter everywhere I've like and it's good because people were replying people were replying to the article where it yeah. says full time full full card and schedule and all and they replied to that without even reading it asking what time they were replying to my tweets where I said it <laughs> like it was oh my god I couldn't like I couldn't take it, it would drive me insane I had to go after myself but I think that in one way that shows like fan base is there you know there's like a ravenous fan base for all in me yeah. now so that's a good thing in, in one way if I didn't reply to you I apologize but I replied to like 50 people and quoted the tweets like at least 10 times I put it up but people just didn't see it okay last question from Johnny Byrne the um sort of fucking ghost in your house there or something the Horizon the Horizon yeah, yeah. Openweight Tournament is happening um this I believe it's New Year's Eve is it in, and he wants to pick our, the winner so the eight participants are Mirko Korokop against King Mohamed Lual. Uh, Tayoshi Koshaka is taking on Baruto. Heath Herring. Heath Herring? Herring. Herring. Is that your man who Brock Lesnar beat? Yeah, yeah. Heath Herring, yeah. He, remember his best moment was when he knocked out the guy who kissed him. Oh, yeah. He's fighting Amir Alik Barry and then Valentin Moldovsky. Mol... Davsky is fighting Simon Bejor. So who's your winner out of that? Um, I, pr- I presume it's between King Mo and Krokop. Yeah. Um, it has to be King Mo, but I'm very little, inter- little interest in that, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that King Mo against Krokop fight. I think that's good. You can turn off after that, I suppose. But yeah, that should be fun. Yeah, okay. Good show. That's it. That's all your questions. Thanks, everyone, for sending them in. We'd like over 50 or 60 questions this week thanks everyone for sending them on we couldn't get through all of them but um we, we'll try to get to them next week send them in more at severe may pod um and just before we go let's just uh a quick thank you to everyone for all the support all year obviously this is we'll have a bit of a show before the end of the year but this will probably be um probably be our last show really before the end of the year thanks you know for all the support podcast has grown from um Obviously, from something small into kind of something big now over the last, over the last uh, three or four weeks since Andrew left. No, I'm only joking. Over last, over the last year or so, um, thanks, thanks everyone for tuning in, for supporting Severe and May, for clicking on the website, for listening, for downloading, for sharing it out. 
you know, without G, we wouldn't be here. And especially someone like me, with most of my stuff, you know, is is obviously opinion based, and you know, because of kind of the fan base of the show, and you know, people who follow me on Twitter and stuff. So, very thankful to everyone who listens in and and uh, shares out the podcast and everything like that. Especially like guys like Mister Podge, you know, Johnny Byrne, the Soup Lad, all those guys, Nate everyone you know you mean a lot to us and uh just want to give a, a thank you a merry christmas happy new year to everyone who listens and uh graham what do you think do you agree you're you're yeah, a miserable can't, bastard can't can't say it any better than that yeah um, have a useless fact of the day to go along with the <laughs> my useless shit i don't but i have i have an inspirational quote i gave my useless fact earlier on so everyone heard that but um give out our give out our twitter handles there while i'm getting this graham uh, at Sean Sheehan Ba B A and at Severe MMA on Twitter. Uh, also, uh, if you want to hear more about or want to hear about the the behind the scenes of uh, Bama and Bellator, tune in to at Talking Brawls and at PT Carroll and at Noel McGrath Four. They'll be uh, putting out a podcast later in the week. Talking Brawls. Uh, they'll have a couple of guests. I think I believe Frankie Edgar is one of the guests. Um, so it'll be it'll be worth uh, worth tuning in for that. Indeed. Right. Thanks everyone for listening. Here's our inspirational quote. The last one. Well, maybe not the last one for you, but this one anyway. It's not who you are that holds you back. It's who you think you're not. See you next time.